Hello, 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 and welcome to More Than Money. I'm your host, Jaquette Timmons. If you're new here, this is a podcast where we talk about money, business, and life, but always through the lens of the psychology, emotions, and math of money because those are the elements that will help you make better, smarter choices with money today, tomorrow, and the days after that. One of my absolute favorite shows is The Wire. Ask any of my friends and they will tell you, I love, love, love this show. The acting is incredible and the concept of it was like anything I had ever seen before in episodic television. On the surface, this show is about illegal drugs. And that is indeed the entire focus of season one. But that's just really used to frame and explore a multitude of societal issues and how they intersect in obvious and less obvious ways. So while the business of illegal drugs remains part of the storyline in subsequent seasons, seasons two through five dive deeper into a multitude of areas like education in schools, law enforcement, local politics, and the news. I think one of the brilliant things The Wire did and does for its viewers is that it forces us to confront cause and effect. After all, there's always more to what you see. And in the process of causing us to confront cause and effect, it reminds us that some of the solutions to major societal issues, which may indeed be simple, but simple rarely means easy. So on today's episode, I want to linger on this. Simple, not necessarily being easy. And I want to do that, especially in light of Thursday, August 13th, 2020. For many, this was just another date on the calendar. But for black women, this date is pretty significant. It is Black Women's Equal Pay Day, and it represents the amount of time she has to work in the current year in order to match the earnings of her white male counterpart the year before. If you aren't counting, that's 19 months. Like who would ever intentionally sign up for that kind of financial craziness? And it's a craziness that comes at a huge cost. According to the National Women's Law Center, black women lose out on roughly a million dollars of income over the course of their career because of this wage gap. And we culturally, we give a great deal of lip service to closing the wealth gap. But how can you close the wealth gap How is that ever going to be possible if the gender and racial wage gap remains what it is, both in terms of the dollar amount and the timeline that it takes to catch up? Yeah, I know. It's a rhetorical question. (laughs) 
Um, and it's one of the reasons that I have never been shy elsewhere and on this podcast about sharing my disdain for the traditional financial literacy movement. You know, the one that, you know, tends to overemphasize the math of money as if all of a sudden two plus two will no longer equal four. Or that says it overemphasizes, I should say, personal choices when it comes to personal finances and one's success with money, whilst minimizing systemic factors such as stage, wage stagnation. And I ran about this every single April, also known as Financial Literacy Month. And I realized that, you know, the question, the rhetorical question that I've posed in terms of how will we ever close this wealth gap if we can't even close the wage gap, I realized that on one level, yes, it is a rhetorical question, and an answer to this rhetorical question seems really simple just increase wages. Okay, simple enough. Yet you dig a little bit deeper in terms of what that all entails and what you realize is, hmm, that's a bit complicated too. Because as I've said before, money is never just about money. And before I go on, I should probably pause here for a moment and just say a few things in terms of a disclaimer, if you will. First, this episode is not at all about providing answers. I have none. <laughs> I have lots of questions, but I have no answers with regards to this. Besides, I'm not a compensations expert, nor do I play one on TV. Second, this is, yes, this is about the wealth gap and the wage gap, but really what this episode is about is the following. Whether we are reacting to the societal issues like illegal drug trade, decreasing and eliminating the wage gap, or if we move a bit closer to home, addressing personally challenging issues, implementing the simple solution or answer is often the hardest part. Why? Because doing so is often complex, often requires a comprehensive, integrated solution on many different fronts. Much like The Wire showed us with tackling the illegal drug trade. And so it begs the question with regards to this whole wage and wealth gap piece, where do you even start? Well, there's a money element and a non-money element. So let's start with the non-money element first. One challenge with the wage gap is identifying the cause. Why does the wage gap exist? And what role does the industry in which someone work plays in that gap? What about the role of experience and education? If you've got two people who are equally educated, but one has you know, five years of experience or five more years of experience than the other person, should they be paid equally? I don't know, I don't have the answer to that. Or what about just straight up discrimination? How does that factor into all of this? Being willing to explore which of these individually or collectively is a contributing factor that's a really good place to start for closing the gender and racial wage gap. But that's only part of it, right? 
then we've got to contend with the money element in terms of where to start. Currently, only three states provide a minimum wage of $15 an hour. I was flabbergasted when I realized this or discovered this from my research. The bill that the House passed doesn't even make this a federal requirement until 2025. And from what I've read, even if every state adopts this $15 per hour minimum wage, it is still not going to cover the cost of living. <laughs> so there's that. Then there's this. Per Siri Chalazi, who is a research fellow at the Women and Public Policy Program at the Harvard John F. Kennedy School of Government, she says the following, quote, the highest paying jobs that require the most education show the largest wage gaps. She goes on to say, the smallest wage gaps are on the low end of the income spectrum because these jobs have more of a standardized wage structure. So my takeaway from her statements is that the higher you are in your organization, and if you're in corporate America, the higher you climb the corporate ladder, well, then that means that there is more transparency that is required when it comes to compensation. And sidebar here, in my opinion, this type of transparency also applies to my fellow entrepreneurs who are speakers for hire. If we really want to transform the speaking industry, we also need to be sharing with one another um, what we are getting paid for certain uh, speaking engagements. And even if you don't want to share the exact dollar amount, at least share the range so that we can make sure that no one is being undercut in terms of what they're bringing to the table. So that's the first factor, if you will, right? Like where do you start with all of this? The other thing is what's the cost? Because it's great to be able to say, yes, we need to, we want to uh, close the wage gap. But you know what? There's a financial cost to that. There's a financial cost to companies for closing the gender wage gap. A profile of Salesforce.com, or Salesforce, I should say, on Inc.com, states that the company spent more than 10 million dollars on salary adjustments to ensure wage parity. Now what this shows is that doing the right thing can be costly at times. And I am, I am sure that the employees there appreciate it and I am also sure that it is a wonderful recruiting tool, right? To know that that is a value that that organization has. But even though it cost them $10 million, which is a lot of money, that doesn't mean that other publicly traded companies of 100 employees or more shouldn't follow their example. The key is figuring out how do you do it without sacrificing the financial health of the entire company. And on this front, this is where I might, you know, express a little bit of a, a, an unpopular opinion here, and that is that I don't think small companies and entrepreneurs should bear this burden of closing the gender and wage gap equally with their large publicly traded companies that are their counterparts. Just because you are a business doesn't mean that you should take on the full scale like a, the, an organization the size of Salesforce. 
Now, let me be clear. I am in no way saying that small businesses or entrepreneurs with small teams, I'm not saying that they should exploit their employees. However, we do need to be mindful of the fact that small businesses absorb the shocks to their expenses very differently than the larger ones. And what we want to do is we want to make sure these companies are around, that they are financially healthy. So do I want them to make sure that they are focused on pay parity? Absolutely. But do I want it to be as expensive to them as it is to a sales force or a company like that? No. I've talked about nuance before. This would be an example of where nuance comes into play. There's also the matter of what's the financial cost of inaction? And here's what that looks like. In terms of the overall economy, it is estimated that closing the gender pay gap would add $512 billion, with a B, billion dollars to the economy. As I record this, I am sorry to say, I can't remember the timeline associated with that number, but really, does it even matter? If it's one year or spread out over several years? Either way, that's a lot of money not circulating throughout our economy. And as I've mentioned previously, black women lose out on roughly a million dollars over the course of their career due to the wage gap. That means that there is a limit to the resources available to them so that they can invest in the stock market inside or outside of retirement accounts, so that they can start a business, so that they can invest in real estate, whether it's their primary home or investment property, or simply be in a position to save more or pay down debt. So when we're talking about closing the wealth gap, by way of closing the wage gap. There is the question of where do we start? There's the question of what's the cost? And then there's this factor, voting. It's been over a year since the House passed the Paycheck Fairness Act, HR 7. However, the Senate has failed to bring it up for a vote. Now, of course, this legislation alone won't solve the problem of pay inequality, but it would certainly have a significant impact. So the next time your senator holds a town hall or your congressperson holds a town hall, you may want to ask them, where do they stand on this issue? And that might be a factor that you weigh in terms of your voting activity. The thing that I found brilliant about The Wire and how they tackled the illegal drug trade is also what I find really interesting about the conversations had about the wage and the wealth gaps. And it's all about news cycles. So regarding the latter, wage and wealth gap, these tend to become part of the major news cycles in three distinct months throughout the year, March, August and October. March is because that is the month that it takes, you know, you to work to, through or to for white women to catch up with what their white male counterpart earned the year before. 
as I've, I've said already, August is what that represents for black women and October is for Latina women. So for starters, one of the things that we need to think about when it talks about, you know, the major news cycles is when it comes to the media coverage, like let that be an invitation for us to discuss and explore the many dimensions of cause and effect and maybe not just have these conversations focused three times a year, March, August, and October, and let's ramp it up and have it more, like have it every darn month of the year. Um, and because what it, would, what it would help to do, I think anyway, is it would help us with wrestling with why is this a recurring issue? Why is illegal drug trade a recurring issue? Why is closing the wealth gap by way of the wage gap? Why is that a recurring issue? And maybe if we talked about it more, we'd actually come up with some concrete answers to that. The other thing that I think when it comes to the news cycle is that what it can also do is it can quickly remind us that even if the solution or the answer, if you will, seems simple on the surface, when you dive a little bit more deeply into all of it, it really reminds us that implementing it is far from. And before I wrap up, I just need to say this. If you are listening to this as a man or as a woman who is not black, indigenous, or a person of color, and you feel that the wage and the wealth gaps, those are somebody else's problems, I'm going to humbly ask you to reconsider your stance. Here's why. Because what happens to one of us will eventually affect all of us. Well, that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening all the way until the end. Thank you for letting me geek out <laughs> and draw a parallel between my favorite show, The Wire, and Black Women's Equal Pay Day. And if you'd like to show some appreciation for this podcast or maybe even this episode, please leave a rating, a review, and or share this episode with the folks that you know so that we can reach more people. And before you go, before I go, let me remind you of the next Comfort Circle Dinner, which is Monday, September 21st at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. If you've wanted to join us in the past but couldn't because you're not based in the New York City area, well, now you can because until further notice, these dinner experiences are virtual. So if having robust and candid conversations about money, business, and life is your thing, and you're interested in September's theme, how to finish the year stronger, I invite you to check out the details and RSVP. The link to do so is www.jaquettetimmons.com forward slash dash circle. Again, www.jaquettetimmons.com forward slash comfort dash circle. And if you'd like to buy me a coffee, here's how you can do that. Real simple. Go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash jaquette. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash jaquette. And that is spelled J-A-C-Q-U-E-T-T-E. 
All right, it's time for me to roll. It's probably time for you to roll as well. So please, please stay safe, well, and healthy, not just physically, but in spirit too. And again, many thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Until next time, remember, it's about more than money. 